Thank you for listening to this message from Catalyst Church. We hope it finds you wherever you are in life, challenges your perspective, and leads you towards living out God's best for you every day. For those of you who don't know that song, you will, because we played it for a reason. Okay, so my adult family and I have been binge-watching a show for uh, several months now, or a couple months. We watched it pretty fast. Dexter. Dexter. And let me tell y'all, y'all withhold judgment right now. I know y'all. somebody's thinking, my pastor is watching Dexter. Yes, I am. And it was good. It was fun. And we learned something from it because I'm using it as an illustration today. Dexter, for those of you who don't know, and it is an awesome show, do not watch it with young kids. Um, Dexter is about a show about a serial killer, a psychopathic serial killer who kills killers. He's a killer just like everybody else, but he, he takes his um, psychopathic tendencies out on killers. You find yourself rooting for Dexter. You find yourself wanting pulling for him. And um, he's good-hearted. He's a good-hearted guy. I mean, it's a fun show, but he's destructive. He's destructive. And when I say destructive, I mean everything he loves, everything he cares for in that show, for the most part, goes down in flames. His relationships, his resources, everything, his dreams. And we look at somebody like Dexter, and even though we don't have a lot of physical death like Dexter, because I'm, I'm hoping we don't have any serial killers in here, but even though we don't have a lot of physical death and we aren't serial killers, we still live in a world full of death. And by death, I mean the opposite of what God gives, which is life. See, we have people who are depressed, they're discouraged, they're dying young discouraged, depressed, and, and, and we seek satisfaction in all the wrong places. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen people seeking happiness, seeking love, seeking relationships in all the wrong places, which has caused us to be a people who are just as destructive, just in different ways. We burn just as many bridges, break just as many hearts in love, and hurt the people we love the most just as much as Dexter did. We find ourselves being that. We find ourselves having just as much damage done in our lives as a man who's a serial killer. And I'm going to tell you why. It's caused, it's caused a lot more problems. This is the main reason we live in a world or a country full of mass shootings, full of division, full of hatred. And above all, we've become a world and a nation, really a world, that has stopped believing that satisfaction actually exists. We stop believing and a lot of us give up on our rags to riches story. We give up on a fulfilling life. We give up on a happy marriage. We give up on a satisfying career. We give up on healthy relationships because we see the destruction and the destructive behavior in the world. And what we do is we let the common story of our culture and our world write our story. I'm going to tell you, we've went through the book of Ruth the last couple of weeks. I'm going to try to catch y'all up a little bit. I hope you'll listen to the messages, the first two, if you haven't. Ruth's day was rough. There were different details. There were different faces. But the schemes of Satan 2,000 years ago were the exact same as they are today. Everything was stacked against these two widows 
These two widows who left, who lost their husbands, they left their homeland or the country they were living in to pursue and pick up where life left off. It was a brutal world. Matter of fact, Ruth's world was more brutal than our world. It was archaic. Naomi tried to push Ruth away and she pushed Ruth's sister-in-law. Naomi's daughter-in-law pushed her away. She went back to her homeland. Ruth stayed faithful. And what I want you to see is Ruth did not let anything stop her from sowing seed, working the situation God gave her. She kept sowing. And I want to encourage you today that whatever situation you're in, you've got to keep sowing. You've got to keep working it. You've got to keep staying faithful to it. You've got to keep being obedient to God in the situation because it takes two main things to get a harvest. If you want to harvest with your life, if you want God to do something with your life, if you want God to take you from rags to riches, it takes sowing and it takes storms. Yeah, a lot of you are like, storms, wow, that makes sense. Storms are the greatest opportunity along with sowing seed and working what's in front of you. Storms are the greatest opportunity for a harvest. I want you to walk out of here today. I'm going to preach a little shorter message. I want you to walk out of here today as I share this message, the last message, riches of this series. I want you to walk out of here as I tell you riches, Ruth's riches story. I want you to walk out of here knowing that it's going down for real. Just like the song says, just like the one we just played, it's going down for real. And I'm telling you, it's going down for real, not just for Ruth. It's going down for real for you. A lot of times we read the story of Ruth. We read stories of people like David and Goliath. We read stories of hope in the Bible, and we think it's not our story. But God put this story of this faithful woman in a, and put it in the Bible of a time where nobody respected or cared for women. And he put it in there to show you that you have a story. And I'm telling you, Catalyst Church, it's not going down for real just for Ruth. I want you to walk out of here today knowing it's going to go down for you. It's going to happen. You're going to do this thing. And it's not too late for you to go from rags to riches, from the bottom to the top, for God to make you from, take you from brokenness to blessing. It's not too late. It's going down for real for you. Don't let the storms define your story. Let them water it. Because it takes sowing. It takes working the ground. Just like a farmer works his crops. It takes doing your thing in the tough times. And it takes storms. So I want to take the next few minutes. I want you to take hope. Because Ruth's story is your story. And God's got a story for you to tell. And I want to pick up where we left off last week. I'm going to try to catch y'all up a little bit. So these, so Ruth and Naomi went from uh, Moab, where they lost their husbands, and they traveled to Judah. Orpah, the other daughter-in-law, went back home. Naomi pushed her away because she was damaged. And when Ruth got there, when they got to the place called Judah, because Naomi was a Jew, she left her land to build a life, and she was coming back. And now that she lost her husband, Ruth had to go out and work the fields. Talked about last week, when tough times come your way, when you're broken, at some point you got to get back in the game and make the most of what God put in front of you to get the most of what God has for you. Ruth went out to the fields, and we talked about God's supernatural favor. God put her in the exact field of Boaz, the one person that we are going to see who can redeem her life and give her back all she's lost, and Naomi. And Boaz just so happened to see this woman doing what broke women do in the time called gleaning. 
picking up crops behind the, the leftovers. Boaz sees this woman, and he sees what a faithful, faithful woman he is. And he did some things we saw last week. He told her, you know, take what you want, get some water. But as where we left off last week, what happens? He invites her for dinner. He tells people to drop the crops so she can get some good stuff for her and Naomi. He's having favor on this girl. He's kind of crushing on her. He's kind of crushing on her. Ruth's kind of crushing on him. Ruth is getting to the place where Naomi, her mother-in-law, and Ruth decide that it's time for her to pursue a life, pursue a chapter two. It's time for her to reach out to Boaz and see what he's thinking and what he's feeling. And in week one, I told you, you do not need to over-pursue the promises of God. We talk about making moves, and God does not make moves a lot of times until we make moves. But I told you there's a big, big balance of that because if you over-pursue the promises of God, you'll get out of God's timing. And when you get ahead of God, you get outside of His will, and it causes a lot of damage and delay and setback. And I told you, you can't get ahead of God's timing. I told you, you've got to be faithful. God will fight for you as you're faithful. God will do his thing as you do your thing, but don't get ahead of him. But there's a balance to that because we're going to see today that Ruth and Naomi devised a plan because it was God's timing for Ruth to step out and do something. Boaz was what was called in that time a kinsman redeemer. I'm telling you this story because I don't want to have to read all of it to you. Boaz was a kinsman redeemer or a family redeemer, which means... Hang with me. Which means he is the closest in kinship and relation. He can buy the property of the husbands that have died, and he can give a son for their namesake. He could redeem everything they had lost. He was what was called a kinsman redeemer, and Ruth didn't even know for a while she was in the field of the person who could change her life. So she had to fill things out. She had to say, Boaz, what you feeling? So what she did... She, she let him get a few drinks in his system and food and get satisfied. And uh, that's what they did at night. That was the culture then. So she goes, he lays down in the bed, and she sits at the corner of his bed, culture, sits at the corner of his bed by his feet and waits for him to wake up so she can tell him how she feels and see how he feels. Let me just stop you right there. There is nothing nasty going on. In this culture, that's nasty. Somebody's trying to creep a little, and it's a little weird. In this culture, in this culture, in this time, what happened is Ruth had to reach out to Boaz to see what Boaz thought. This was her move. This was what God was calling her to do. So Boaz wakes up. Ruth tells her, this is my plan. How do you feel about me? You feeling me? I'm feeling you. Boaz says, man, you're more faithful than I thought because what you come to realize is Boaz and Ruth are one of the couples of the Bible that have a big age difference. Boaz is much older. Boaz says, man, you're faithful because you could get a lot richer and a lot younger man than me. And he's like, you want me? I want you. And he says, I will redeem your family. I will give your life back. I will give you a son. All those things. I will buy your property. I will do that for you and Naomi. But there's one problem. There's one man that's closer in relationship to you guys than me. And I've got to give him the right to say no. So Boaz says, I will go talk to him as soon as I can. Long story short, Ruth goes home. She tells Naomi what's happened. She says, look, what are we going to do? You know, he's got to go talk to him. We'll see. Because she loved Boaz. Boaz loved her. And Naomi says this in Ruth 3, verse 18. Then Naomi said to her after she heard everything, just be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. 
Just be patient. This is kind of crazy because Ruth had waited so long. She had worked the fields, been in the streets, basically, and similar to the streets in our context. She had been broken, and here she is having to wait again. I want to tell you, we talk about it a lot. Destiny takes diligence, but destiny takes one more thing. Patience. Patience. The Bible says those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. It takes diligence, but it takes patience. Some of you are like, I've waited a long time. I've done what I could. I'm tired of waiting. I'm telling you, God has a plan for you, and you not only need to work it, you need to wait on it. And if you get impatient, if you move ahead of him, if you stop and let worry take away your joy, you will never wait patiently and you will never see his promise. She's having to wait again. It takes diligence, but just as much it takes patience. And if it's going down for real for you, it's going to take diligence. It's going to take patience because anything great you build with your life is going to take time to build it. You're going to have to work it and wait. And Ruth is having to wait. If you want to build a relationship with your kids, it takes time. If you want to have a rich marriage that's deep, it's going to take more than two months of marriage to get it. It's going to take some arguing. It's going to take some deep disagreements to find out who each other are. I think I said that right. You want a job that's fruitful, that you get a lot of favor? Work that job. It takes time. They're not going to see your promise in a week or two weeks. You have to wait. You have to work it. And Ruth is waiting again. Boaz goes and talks to this kinsman redeemer that's closer in relationship. And the kinsman redeemer at first, he says, hey, yeah, I'll do it. I'll marry her. I'll buy the kid. I'll I'll buy her land. I'll give her a kid. That's fine. And Boaz kind of, he didn't like that. He wanted Ruth. You see in the scripture, he obviously wanted her because he makes the statement. He kind of manipulates it. He says, hey, uh, just so you know, you're going to lose your inheritance if you do this. Then he goes, oh, well, Boaz, you can have her. So we're going to pick up in Ruth 4, 13. Boaz got his girl. Ruth got his got her guy. So Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. Telling you, you guys don't see this story if you hadn't been here. When she slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant and she gave birth to a son. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, praise the Lord who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child become famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Remember, she lost two, Naomi. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, now at last Naomi has a son again. I want to stop there. Everything that these two girls lost, God gave them back that and more. You don't understand the culture, so you're thinking, you know, really? No, these girls got given back everything that their broken situation took from them. It's a beautiful story. They thought that they were done. Naomi thought, and that day, if you didn't pass along a son or a child to carry on your legacy, you were nothing. You were considered sinful. I want to tell you something that you don't know in the Scripture. Naomi was considered a sinner because she left Judah to go pursue a life in Moab. The people in the town were talking about her. This girl left her life. She left the promised people. She's paying for what she did. Everyone in church gossipers. She's paying. 
She got what was coming to her, and all of a sudden, yes, she did. God blessed her and Ruth for her faithfulness, and God gave her back what she had lost. She got a grandson. She got a grandson. In this culture, it was just as sweet as blood. This girl loved that grandson just as if it was her own, and I know the feeling because my kids don't have my blood running through their veins, but I tell you, I love them just as much, and I pray they feel the same about me. I know how she feels. This girl got given rag riches for rags. God gave her back everything. When everybody was judging her, you left the promise. You went to Moab, which, by the way, we're going to seize the enemies of God. God gave Naomi back more. This is her story. I'm going to tell you something. God will give you some terrible rags to give you some great riches. Your bottom may be lower than most people's bottom because it's when you get to the mountaintop, you're going to appreciate where you've come. Naomi was broken. She lost her husband. She lost, lost both her sons. I'm sure she was saying, God, did you punish me? Did I do something wrong? I left my homeland. And God blew her stinking mind. And God wants to do the same thing for you. Catalyst Church, your rags will enrich your riches, if that makes sense. Your rags, your, your, your rags are going to make your story that much better. Yeah, you grew up in a dysfunctional, broken home, but God is going to make you a better father for it. I'm preaching a guy's funeral today after church that was a part of this family, Carrie, and he lived through a broken childhood, and the man was a good dad. And you can be a good mom and dad, too. I don't care what you've been through. God has a plan for you, and his promises are going to be better because of the problems you've went through. Don't settle for anything less, but I want to give you the even better news than Naomi. Verse 17 Remember, they said, now at last, Naomi has a son, a grandson. And they named him Obed. And he became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. King David, that is. I want to tell you how crazy it is. Ruth was a Moabite. Ruth was not a Jew. The Moabites were enemies to the plans of God. They were outside the promises of God. In other words, Ruth was a window shopper. She was outside looking in. If she wanted the promise, she couldn't be a part of the promise. She was beyond the blessing of God. No way that a Jewish lineage would include a Moabite woman. But God. But God. Because this woman whose blood was an enemy of God became not only a part of the promise, her, she would bear the grandfather of the greatest king to ever walk the face of the earth. And bigger than this, the blood that was shed on Jesus on the cross, the, the blood that Jesus shed, Ruth's blood was in that. If you knew how crazy that was, it would blow your mind that the, the Bible actually includes a Moabite woman in the lineage of Jesus. She is eternally a part of the promise of God. You know why? Because she was faithful. Because God was giving her a rags to riches story that was not only going to blow her mind and blow the people's mind, but 
But thousands of years later, it was going to be preached in the churches so that people could go away saying, well, I can get this story too because God's got a story for you. You thought you were beyond the blessing of God, but you were wrong. It's going down for real, and it's going down for real for you. You thought that you had you were the curse in your own life, and you set yourself up for failure. It doesn't have to be that way. It's going down for real for you. You thought that you were too dysfunctional to find destiny. It's going down for real because the Bible teaches that you cannot curse what God has blessed. And God made you, so surely He blessed you and your behavior can stop. You can start behaving differently when you learn who you are. That's not a problem. But you need to know that you're called to be great and it's going down for real and it's going down for real for you. God's got a story for you to tell, which is my final thing. And uh, Derek and Ashley, you can go ahead and head up here. It's going down for real, and it's going down for real for a reason. And you know what that reason is? God is not blessing you just so that you can be blessed. He did not bless Ruth just so that she could hoard her blessings, although he he wants you to be blessed. It's so that you will tell the story to somebody else. You may be in a rag season right now, but let me tell you something, Catalyst Church. You tell the story of what you're believing for. You may be in a broken situation, y'all. Look at me. You may be in a broken situation. Tell people what you're believing for. You may be in the two. You may be in the between time of believing and receiving. Be faithful and know that God has a process and God is going to work in you, on you, and through you and tell the story. And above all, when you get, you see this? When you get to the riches, when you get to your story, when you get to the pinnacle of the promise, you tell people about it. You tell them about those scars. Yes, we have some scars that are not going away, but we are going to tell people so that we can say, God didn't let the scar go away because he wanted you to say, you see that? That's proof that God can take you from rags to riches, young lady, young man. God's got a story for you to tell, and it's going down for real for a reason. And the reason is for you to tell somebody, for you to give people hope. This story, this gospel is not just about preaching and leading people to Jesus. It's about giving people hope, and then they're going to come to Jesus. If we lift his name up, he'll draw men. It's our job to give hope. It's going down for real, Catalyst Church. You believe that? You believe that? God's got a story for you to tell. This is not just a story. This is not just a story that is in the Bible that is for her. This is a story that is supposed to spark something in you so that you will never give up until you're able to tell your story. So you're able to say, I was blind and now I see. I was broken. Now I'm healed. You're not too far from it. God has a plan. Thanks again for listening. We'd love to know how Catalyst Church has impacted you. Tell us what God is doing in your life by sending us an email at info at We'd love to hear your story.